Good day, everybody. This is Jim Evans with Today in Trades. I'm extra excited today to have a, a special guest. Um, those of you who frequent um, waiting rooms and hospitals or sit at your couch vegging on HGTV, I have Tom Rebreer with me. More importantly, if you haven't had the chance, please go YouTube the heck out of him. His content is incredible. His, uh, his vision is amazing. And he's the real deal. He's what I think all of us are thirsting for practical ways to build your business, compete, no excuses, and most importantly, just a great customer experience. That's what we're all about at Today in Trades, powered by Big Clips. None of this is possible without um, the, the tools, which Big Clips is an amazing tool, but if we're not doing the work, it's just a tool. The tools don't build the house. So here we are with Tom Reaver. Tom, I'm glad to have you on the, on the show today. I appreciate that, man. I was just going to sit back and let you keep saying nice things, man. And, oh, geez. That way we don't screw anything up, you know? So Hey, that? you know, that, that always works when that's all you do with customers. You know, it never backfires. Yeah, so, right. uh, I appreciate yeah, you so, having me, man. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, all right. So one of the biggest reasons we're on the show today, and we're going to kind of go, we're going to jump to the front and then we're going to work our way back. First of all, you have a new book that is dropping called Winning the Contractor Fight going to be available. First of all, I want everyone to know where they can find this in case they just want to shut my voice off and just go shopping. Yeah, so it'll uh it officially uh releases on October 23rd. Uh we got about 3 3 and a half 400 copies out to our attendees at a big event we had in Denver a few weeks ago. We got some advanced copies and uh so it'll be available on Amazon on the 23rd or at on our website thecontractorfight.com. Um and I believe my right-hand guy in my company, he's setting it up to where if you get it through our website, uh, all you got to do is pay for shipping. All right. So if you don't want to spend the money on Amazon, go to the contractorfight.com and I'm sure it'll be there somewhere on the 23rd of October. Very good. You know, I get a lot of books sent, um, quick getting screwed was one of our other episodes, mm -hmm. Carolyn Cromines. Yep. I am usually kind of just like, you know, it's fine. Less the content's pretty good. So before I decided to pick this book up, I obviously had done a little bit of research and, Man, have you done a good job of nailing how we feel as not only contractors, but also as subcontractors and anyone on a job site. Your lessons, I think, are applicable for, to, the, to the shower enclosure installer all the way up to the full-size GC. And uh, so I picked up this book, everybody, and um, started going through it. And here's a few things that I just want to <laughs> I just want to point out. First of all, super easy to read. Nice big font, big letters, easy to man. get it, big that's spaces, and that's right. man, I tell you how um, <laughs> amazing that is. Tom cuts right to the chase. A few things in here that I really liked is, first of all, I want to talk about, obviously, and as you all know that listen to the show, it is all about the customer experience. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, what we put into a machine is how the machine operates. What you put into your body is how your body operates. What I love about you, Tom, is so many people dive right into how to manage, how to lead. All of those things are important, but you really just nailed the importance of setting up your bid, your job, your projects. And I'll tell you, not just because I'm a sales and customer service and experience junkie, but just as someone who has been helping people in this industry. I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. So um, tell me, Tom, what are the most, talk to me about the biggest mistakes uh, that contractors make from the moment they get that first call or lead mm -hmm. to the committal of the work. So let's start there yeah. with that, you know, the locomotive. 
Yeah. So, you know, if we're, if we're going to talk sales process, right, your phone rings, you know, we have, um, as we meaning contractors for the past, God knows how many years have trained the public have trained the consumer that we're at their beck and call that the minute the phone rings, we're going to run out. We're going to drop everything we're doing. We're going to miss our kid's ball game or be late for dinner again, because baby, this is the job. I'm going to get this one. Right. And I know I said, I'd be home at five o'clock for dinner and all this other stuff. Then you come home at eight 30 at night. Then you say hi to everybody, eat cold dinner. Then you go to your computer, you type up a bid till midnight. You'd negotiate against yourself before you hit send and you didn't get the job anyway. Right. So the, the biggest mistake I see that we make as home improvement contractors is we give away our control. We don't understand that we're truly in the driver's seat of everything from how our brand looks to how we answer the phone, to the experience we provide people, to the sales process, to how we fulfill the work. We, we call it just making sure that you're not in that victim mindset. You know, you are not a victim. You, you be intentional about how you want your company to operate. Um, we talk a lot about you know, non-negotiable values and things like that. This is how we operate. And that's the filter for all our decisions as a company. And when you do that, it's pretty remarkable how quickly things can change because remember they're calling you. Okay. The, the prospect calls you because they're perceiving you to be the expert who knows what they're doing. And one of my kids had a surgery once and I'll never forget the doctor walked into the room and it was like a Top Gun fighter pilot walking in as the surgeon, right? He's like, this is what's going to happen here. This is what's going to happen here. Like there was a swagger. There was a confidence. I don't, and he wasn't arrogant. It was like, you could just tell right. he put the work in. He knew his craft. He knew what he was doing and it totally built trust. And that's what I don't see a lot from contractors in the sales process is they go out there and they're timid. They feel like the customer's in control because they say they're going to get bids and, you know, they want you to break your bid down and all this other garbage. And so when I say go in and show up with confidence, I'm not saying, uh, in fact, one of the other big mistakes we make is we talk too much in the sales process. Oh so um, this is not about you going in and bragging about how great you are. It's you taking control of the sales process by giving them control. And there's a, there's a way to do that through just great questions and, and uh, uh, step one of our process, which is called the motive. Unbelievable. You know, I think we talk about this all the time and thank you for um, driving. I, I call it, you're either leading the customer experience mm -hmm. or you're reacting to the customer experience. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that that's something that you can't emphasize enough um, in, in, in training, in, in the way we run our business. And so breaking it down, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Being someone who has worked with and, and coached customer service reps most of my career, we never ask enough questions. Right. We never use tactical empathy. We mm -hmm. don't connect with what they really want. And they might think that they want a bunch of things. You know, we're in Montana, right? You come yeah. up and just start wandering around. I can follow you and make sure you don't get eaten alive or fall in a river. Or I can say, here's what we're going to do. What would you like to do? What do you want this experience to look like? How far can you hike? And you just get the right mm -hmm. questions for a, from a great guide is the difference between an amazing experience yeah. and a terrible experience. More importantly, if, if it's a back and forth, just like Big Clips does, a, a relationship building 
um, what you find is there's less mistakes. There's better communication. You don't make assumptions. So I like that you broke a lot of that down. I want to talk about, so a few little snippets in the book. He, he talks about a certain, I love how he just threw his name out there, one of your first contracts and how when you estimated that contract, you ended up just losing, I think, 17 grand on the job because yeah, um, yeah. you were doing that. And, you, and, and, and I'm not going to share more because everyone needs to read this book, but he really, Tom does a great job, everybody, of breaking down in real, real story, certain things that these um, aspects start to do. And with that, that's the segue into the next step. So I want you to talk about that a little bit. It's obviously in your book. It's important to you. What are the biggest mistakes in then pricing and setting up the expectation? Yeah, well, I, I want to rewind to the, the biggest mistake we make before we get to any of the tactical stuff. And that's that we, we, we don't win the battle between our ears. That's really why I wrote the book. Um, Wait a minute. So, so you're telling me that you're telling me that this, so I, I'm sorry, everyone, this is actually how you fight contractors and how they fight each other. Like that's, that's what the book's about. I want to clarify that. Yeah. Um, great point. I want you to know, like, I love this title because it is true. Like the battle is, is between the ears. And it so is between our ears. let's and, talk know, about that. Mo most of us, you know, for, for me, I grew up uh, in a contractor family where everyone was tired, broke, and we never went on vacations and they were dirty and all, I did everything I could to not go into the trades and I ended up in the trades. Right. So the, the contractor fight is that fight between your ears about your worth and your value and who you are. And so that's the first thing that I don't want to say mistake we make, but that's the first mistake we make when it comes to pricing our worth because we don't, we don't really understand our value. So tactically the number one mistake that we make when we price our work as a contractor is that we pay attention to the going rate. Um, the going rate is the fastest way into the financial gutter as a contractor, because check this out. We've been coaching people a long time, uh, tens of thousands of people around the world, literally for the last decade, and my team and I. And pretty much 100% of the time when somebody comes to us for help, they need to pretty much double their pricing. Okay, like it's, it's that, they're that far underpriced. So here's the problem with the going rate. If that many people don't know their numbers are pricing their work inaccurately to not make a profit, um, and we hide it behind phrases like, well, I just wanna be fair to my customers and all that other bullshit, all right? If, if you're looking to other contractors who are mostly wrong in their pricing, then you're screwed up too. So this is one of those things, ignore the going rate. Some people right now, are listening to this, they're going, yeah, but you know, it's got to still make sense, right? Within our industry and all this other garbage, or I can't do that in my industry. I can't do that in my area of the country, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just a bunch of head trash that you got to win between your ears. What I will say is when you truly connect, when let's go back to the numbers, when you know your numbers and you reverse engineer what you're going to make for yourself, what the company is going to make for the company, what it's going to cost to run the company, then you can reverse engineer a game plan to make that happen. That's the tactical easy math part. The mindset part of this charging what you're worth comes back to what we talked about a minute ago when I talked about the motive in our sales process. The motive is all about understanding that people buy for their reasons, not my reasons. Like, I don't know how many sales calls you've been on, but I've been on thousands, right? Just like you, yeah. I'm sure. Every single time we go into somebody's home or business or whatever on a sales call, we as the salesperson can, we can come up with five, 10, 20 reasons why they should hire us. 
Okay. You know, we have this training, we won this award, we use this product, we're this, you know, blah, 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 this many years experience. All those things may or may not be not good things, right? But if they don't resonate with the client, if they're not one of their reasons, it doesn't matter. And so, you know, I see this all the time. Like a guy will go, I can't double my prices. I go, all right, well, trust me on this. Learn how to sell, learn how to understand their motives for buying, go to them where they're at and all the stuff we teach with sales. And I promise you money will become irrelevant if you connect with them on an emotional level. And hundred percent of the time they'll call me back and they'll be like, holy crap, this stuff works because you ignored the going rate. You focused on them and their reasons for buying and whether or not you can help them or not. And then you either sold the job or you didn't, but a lot of times we're trying to convince people we're defending our prices and all that other garbage. And that just yeah. smells like insecurity and nobody wants to hire somebody like that. No. And who wants to be in a relationship with someone yeah. insecure? And this is a relationship. I, I love what you put in on pricing. So we're, you know, we just got to know each other, but on most of our users, they're listening. We don't, we have tools, everybody. And those are um, our users on the big clip side, for example, you know, you're able, it'll do the math for the margin for you. You literally get those costs in there. You got a number and you know that number is actually going to get you to retirement without a broken back and a bunch of debt and kids that are wondering you where you were your whole yep. life. We have to have healthy companies cut the bullshit that profit mm -hmm. is bad. Stop it. Like, and, he, and Tom breaks this down so well in this book and he makes easy numbers. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just really appreciate that, but let's, I'm a completely tracking here with you. And I want to say something that's important um, for everybody else. The, our ability to qualify the right customer mm -hmm. with the right job, the right expectations is the first step in a great customer experience. Yep. So um, what Tom is saying here, if you missed it, if you're not having a good time with this, guess what? The fight between our ears means we can change as people. Mm -hmm. Those of you in my story on this show and everything, everything is about life change and growth. Yeah. And so you can go to Tom's the seminars, you can get the information that's out there. You can use tools like big clips, mm -hmm. a job or service Titans, any, any tool you use to help you. So there's no excuses. The excuses are off yeah. the plate. Um, but I will tell you that, um, that what he brings up in here is something that's not an option, especially during a labor shortage. Okay, I can't, I, on one mouth while market can't handle that. You know, I can't find any helpers and I'm backed up for nine months. Something's going to give, those are just excuse giving statements. So everyone listening today, it's time for you to wake up, begin to get involved. Now I know you have a process and a program that you guys do deliver. I also saw a little thing on here called Nash Vegas. I immediately clicked on it. It was really yeah. clever. Let's talk a little bit about that for our contractors that are on this call. I don't know that that's open for everyone, but I want to talk about both what you guys have to offer on the sales process side, but then also what is this Nash Vegas and how do we get involved? Yeah. So we, we have, um, uh, we have four events a year in, in the contractor fight. And uh, one of those is every December. Um, and it's called Nash Vegas, where one of my business partners in, in our sales training arm of the company, um, he's one day, several years ago, he's like, hey, let's hang out with each other in December, you know, before Christmas or something. And the next thing I know, there's 50 to 100 people there every year hanging out, trying to get better, right? And so it's morphed into this event that we do each year now. Um, and this year, 2021 Nash Vegas, uh, people uh, can certainly go to it. We can drop a link in the, uh, or you can go to the contractorfight.com and see it on the homepage there or whatever. But this is really about dialing in your whole sales process from the way you come across 
to the world, the way you brand yourself, uh, everything from email marketing, a lot of mindset stuff about the crap between our ears. Uh, we're going to dig into a few things about really training your teams to upsell uh, additional work. And that that's probably one of the big, I guess, differentiators that I've seen through the years of one of the things that our, our members do really well is usually 30 to 40% of their annual revenue comes from their people out in the field upselling. And, um, you know, just on a call with a guy today where they did 1.8, they're doing 1.8 this year, and one of their crew leaders did 400 by himself out in the field. And so we're going to dig into some of those deeper things and uh, things like body language, reading personality types, how to give some, how to take control of the sale without, uh, with making the prospects always think they're in control. Um, some things like that, not to play those same typical sales games. We're really, really big on, and th there's a couple things in my world here that get a lot of heat and they get a lot of heat from contractors, not consumers, by the way, which is funny. Number one is we don't believe you should ever go visit somebody to do an estimate unless you're sure that you're going to get the job. Okay. Cause we don't, we don't do estimates. We have consultations. We have our pre-qualification process is called Shin Fu, long story behind that. Yeah. But it's basically, we're going to gather some information on the phone and that's when the actual sale happens. So the only time we actually go teach people to go to somebody's house is to collect a deposit check or a consultation fee for 500 or $1,000 um, for your time if they decide not to give you a deposit check. The second big thing we get a lot of pushback on from contractors, oh, this can't be done and stuff, is um, the number the starting point for us is you need to get a 50% gross profit. Okay. So I get so much crap for these two things because the contractors have been brainwashed into thinking they got to play with the going rate and all that other garbage. They got to, you know, well, all my other competitors go out and they visit people for free on a Sunday when they're supposed to be with their family. So I have to well, do it too. Yeah. And that's, so those Nash Vegas, we're going to dig really deep into those couple things. And those are the things where we've seen, I mean, person after person. I just gave a couple awards out at our event. Um, we call it the uh, Freedom Award. Guys that have, have unloaded like $300,000 worth of debt and doubled their personal income in a year and a half. Okay. Awesome. You know, because they got their head right and they decided not to run with the crowd, but they're going to run against the crowd of contractors and do things different. So in a nutshell, yeah, that's what Nash Vegas is. Long answer. I know it's great. That's why <laughs> it's important. I mean, now, now, now if you're just a lowly, you know, shower enclosure installer, interior glass, maybe a remodel or roofer, um, are we excluded from hanging out with you cool GC contractors? Or oh, we got everybody, is it man. open? Good. Oh, we okay, got, so we got painters and hardwood guys and electricians and GCs Perfect. and remodelers, landscapers. We have water feature builders. We've got, um, yeah, because I hear that a lot. Well, you know, Tom, I there's no way I can sell a I you know, I got to go out. I can't, or the big awesome. one I get is I subcontract my workout. There's no way I can make a 50% gross profit. And I'm like, well, if, as long as you tell yourself that, then you're absolutely right. Exactly. I yeah. love this. And, and, you know, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons I accepted this, um, this meeting and we wanted to work with you, you know, Tom, everybody is preaching to the choir of the big, big clips nation. You know, we've created the tool, we'll qualify, it gathers the information and, you know, we're no longer competing against other contractors. Mm -hmm. We are competing against customer preferences. You're competing against Lowe's and Home Depot. You're competing against Amazon home services. You're competing against a presentation. And so those of you listening for the first time, maybe Tom's audience, we have the tools now to take what you do, take these techniques that Tom is teaching you with his whole vigor 
and then making them into a digital format where people can connect with. And I, I want to talk a little bit about you. I love your follow-up. I, I, I watched uh, two videos that really stood out to me uh, that you've made recently. One was the follow-up process, how you send a bid, Three days later, you're in a cold sweat. You're itching. You've already talked yourself down 20%. They hate you. You had BO, whatever the reason was, you've convinced yourself. Meanwhile, they just haven't had a chance to look at it yet, you know, till yeah. Sunday. What we have found in the big clip side of the house is that our automated follow-ups for customers can just book a job and pay from their from the, the shitter on Sunday morning and upload 25 grand the other day. One of our clients just bam, deposit without even a job visit mm -hmm. is a proof enough. We have the data, all of you, if you want to come take a look. Customers do not need us to do it the way it was done in the 80s in 2021. This is yeah. not even feasible. So this is a wonderful opportunity. Anyone listening that's under the age of 40 right now, wake up, put your phones down for a second and listen. This is a great opportunity for somebody who's willing to learn, for someone who's willing to see the trades as an opportunity, we are heading into one of the best opportunities I've seen as a young person in this industry to adapt, to hit customers where they are. And what Tom said is customers are going to trust us by the way we present ourselves, by the way we feel, and they trust technology as much as they trust you. So if you're bought into the to Tom's process, to the, to the contractor fight process, and you just need the tool that will make sure, like in Big Clips, if you go under 50% margin, you set that, it won't let you send it. It's a big mm -hmm. red flag. Like do not even hit the button. And it, whatever it's going to take for your business to make sure that you are organized and you have a great sales process, you need to reach out and take care of that. So as my little plug mm -hmm. saying that I hope all of you and on Today in Trade start seeing that not only is you got a leader like Tom telling us how this future is going to look here and laying out a blueprint for you, as well as today, mm -hmm. you also have the, you have all the technology we never had in the eighties when we were driving around. People's got, people have phones in their pocket. They can show us what they want. They can tell us stories. They walk through their bathrooms and say, they talk all about their remodel in a very natural way. You're not going to get if you're in their house with them sometimes. So embrace the new way of doing of doing customer service and giving people a great experience. Um, next thing I want to talk, talk about is a lot of us are having a hard time finding laborers and help. Mm -hmm. I can't go a single episode without someone messaging yeah. me. Oh, well, I love everything you're saying, but I just have no one to do it, you know? And, and uh, mm -hmm. so I wanted to deliver that. So you talked about the three main characteristics of a new hire. I want you to talk about that a little bit. I can, and uh, I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Well, let me, let me address the, elephant in the room about hiring in the trades right now. Let's little history lesson here for I'm 52. And, and as long as I can remember, the educational system has been telling people not to go into the trades. It's only a good fallback option. You need to go to college. And so I think part of what we're dealing with in the trades, even before Corona and all the other garbage that's been going on in the world, this has been an issue because the, the world is telling us one thing, right? Um, the other problem that I think we face for having a labor shortage is I did everything I could do to um, not go into the trades because the people that I knew in the trades were tired, dirty, and broke. And my friends who all had dads that were doctors and engineers and lawyers, they were going on vacations, had nice cars. Now, who knows what happens behind the scenes, right? But the point is, is I think if we want to turn this labor thing around, we got to get our own heads out of our asses first, right? We got to own our crap 
and we got to attack it and go, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make money. I'm not apologizing for making money. My relationships are going to be better. We just did this thing in Denver, our profit summit uh, event, Mile High Profit Summit, where the whole part of the whole event was about having a profitable life. Like when you look at a contractor, most people you go, okay, describe a contractor to me. Okay. They're going to go, oh, there's plumber crack, somebody who's drinking or smoking. They're late. They're unreliable. They're out of shape. You know, they're probably on their third marriage and they don't have any money. Okay. Those are the types of words I would have used long ago growing up. And so I think, first of all, we got to go, what do I want my life to look like? First of all here, and I'm going to model the benefits of having a great contracting business. Like I'm going to be in shape. I mean, I have an amazing relationship with my queen. I have, you know, great relationships with my kids. I make great money. I'm able to do some things and blah, blah, blah. And when we're attractive like that, it gets the attention of other people. So strategically for how do you find and build a team and hire and retain and all that other garbage uh, with, with people these days, to me, the number one thing aside from you getting better personally, is you have to build your brand, all right? Um, you cannot hire when you need to hire. You need to hire year-round, just like marketing. I say all the time, 365 days a year, I am marketing and I am recruiting. I'm hiring. I'm always looking for great people. Now, I'm not running an ad 365 days a year and stuff, but because I'm building my brand, I'm showing content like we all have these little boxes that are supercomputers that we carry around in our pockets now right we can create content we can um do little live videos of job sites and showing cool things that we're building we can you know do pictures of an employee who just got a bonus for doing something kick ass or whatever it might be and we let people behind the curtain we show the type of culture that we have and the three things you're talking about that i learned in the marine corps um number one is that High performers, we call them FWs uh, in my world. Um, hashtag FW is our thing. But it's high performers want to be held accountable. They want high accountability. They want recognition and they want fun. And most of our contracting businesses don't have those things. You don't have job descriptions. People don't know how to, like, if I had a nickel for every time that a guy said, hey, I lost an employee because, you know, he, I didn't think he was doing a good job. And so I fired him. I'm like, well, what criteria did you give him to what is doing a good job mean? Like if I'm an NFL kicker, either I make the kick or I don't make the kick. I miss too many kicks. They cut me on Monday morning. That's how it works. Well, in the trades, we don't have those things. Yeah. You know, we don't have what, what I call a mastery ladder. Like you come into the company, you can grow and you investing in us and us investing in you that that culture of accountability, recognition, and fun through the years, you could climb this ladder and there's a future. Winners are not going to stay in a company where there's no future for them to keep winning. And so that's, to me, it all comes back to what kind of brand, this isn't like logos and stuff, you guys, this is, that's part of it, obviously, you know, you want to that dialed in, but this is about just what are you known for as a company? What are your you going to stand? Pers- your company persona, your company it. persona, it's mm-hmm. all of it. And when you build that brand over time Mm -hmm. and you're living an attractive life, Mm -hmm. it's going to be like a magnet to other winners that are going to want to come and be part of what you have going on. Because here's the other thing, the people you want working for you are not sitting at home right now. They're working for somebody else. Okay. Mm -hmm. If, If somebody is sitting at home right now, October, 2021 in the trades, either they're really bad at what they do or they don't want to work. 
And I don't want either one of those types of people. The kick-ass people that we all want, you're going to poach them by building your brand because they're going to look. Because here's, here's the other thing, and I get fired up on this topic here. Right now, those of you who are listening, they're going, I just need a project manager. I need a foreman. I need a guy, this, this, and that. They're working for somebody else right now that's not fulfilling the promises they've made to their employees. They're working for somebody right now who doesn't understand the things that we're talking about here. They're working for somebody now who um, year after year makes commitments about how they're going to get a raise, give them an iPad, get a company truck, you know, let them lead a crew, whatever it is. And because that owner doesn't have their act together, they're repeating the same year over and over. And that cat's too, too afraid to leave because he doesn't know where else to go. Yeah. All right you got a family to feed and all this other stuff. Um, but when you build this type of brand, you use the social media and the marketing and all the stuff that we're talking about here, I promise you, you will be like a magnet to the right people and the whole people game will be easy. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, you'd really hit the nail on the head. And um, we have so many resources, our episodes, Tom's episodes to how to build people, how to lead teams really a great summary. Uh, as for estimators, as for the front-end customer service, um, you know, uh, Tom talks often about positivity, the competitiveness, which mm -hmm. I love, and their relentless love of the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And those things also, so you got the, you got the, your, everybody encompasses the brand, the persona, but yeah. when you have different people in the company, we have to have different skill sets. And it's super important that if, when you're trying to present your company values, especially in those first contact points, A, you answer your freaking phone or have a tool like Big Clips that will give customers another option. Two, we have to make sure that the people that are answering the phone and taking it are positive people that create a, just an immediate infection. Uh, yeah. Just like, oh, I want an infectious culture. I want to be, I want to know more about the contractor fight. Like Tom, yeah. if you watch him for three seconds on a video, it's like, I want to meet this guy. I've been excited about this interview all week. Second, um, are they competitive? You know, every yeah. single time we interview somebody at Big Clips, Tom, every time and I have potential interviewees, if you're watching this, great, that's going to help you. I always will tell someone at the end, I don't know if you have what it takes to get this job. If they're a sales position and I need to know yeah. that they're going to come back and say, well, what do I, what do I need or what do I not have? Or what can I do to, to work on that skill? That's important. Second, if we're at company outings, and one of our employees like tips a ping pong table over or, or, or throws a board game because they're mad that they lost. That is encouraged. Granted, yeah. maybe use a little more tact, but I mean, come on, like that is important. And then lastly, mm -hmm. the customer experience. I just, I love that you hit these three things. Um, and it's just, it's, it's important because customer experience, if you don't care more yeah. about that customer and how they feel about you and your company and your brand, like get out of the, get out of the boat. Yeah. What you're talking about there is, is having some, Again, we call them not NNVs, non-negotiable non values, but those values are also the non-negotiable traits or values that we expect in somebody that works for us, right? And so I'll just give you an example. I, I go into the book deeper, but like in the contractor fight, and honestly, even if I had a painting business again or something else, these would most likely be the exact same values because they're my values, right? Right you know, one of ours is positive peeps only, right? Like just, you have to, we are, I'm not, it's hard enough building a business and doing life and stuff with negative on its own. I don't need negative people. So I don't work with, I don't allow negative people to work with for me. I don't partner with negative people. I, my vendors that I choose to work with are, are not negative people. So it doesn't mean you don't have a bad day now and then, right? We all have a bad day now and then, but overall you're positive. 
Um, one of our other values is, is we call roll the red, meaning the red carpet. Like how that that's the experience to us. Like how can we always make this an amazing experience for people? We did this event in Denver and it's just fresh in my mind. We've gotten, I don't know, 55, 60, 75 reviews already from this. And I'm blown away by how many people, I'm not blown away because we were intentional about it and I have an amazing team, but how many people said, man, these guys didn't miss a detail at the event. This, everything was high class. Everything, we felt special, blah, blah, blah. That's because the, every decision we make from who we hire to how we put an event on rolls through our values. And so, you know, another one of ours is play the long game. We're not in this for a quick transaction. In fact, you know, I've done over four, well, if you take the two podcasts I run, probably going on 600 podcast episodes now and three, 400 YouTube videos and this and that. Dude, for the first, I don't know, podcast for the first two and a half, 300, I don't think I ever mentioned, hey, you should buy my coaching program. Okay. Not once. I, and in fact, to the point where my team would get pissed at me and go, dude, you got to plug our stuff now. And then I'm like, and I, I just have this long game approach to everything. Like yeah. if I add enough value, I know it's going to come back. You help enough people get what they want. You're going to get what, what you want. And that's exactly what's happened. Now I had to own my crap a little there. Cause I had some head trash <laughs> about promoting myself yeah, and things right, like that right, early on. Right. Um, but I just think, you know, these are the values that we look like. And so then we talk about building the team. We interview around these. Our questions aren't like, you know, Hey, do you believe it's important to have a good customer experience? Oh yeah, of course. Right. Like sure. that's what most people do. Give me the people, paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we develop our interview questions around our values. So I talked about roll the red, you know, I might say to somebody, you know, if you were interviewing, I might, uh, I might go, Jim, what is, what does it look like when you work with a company, you go to a restaurant, you go to a store, what would a red carpet experience look like to you? Or can you give Great an example? Question. Can you give, give a an specific example, example of, of where you've used yeah. a red carpet or, experience? Or can you give mm -hmm. an or flip it? You know, hey, share a time with me that you had a lousy customer experience. Yeah. You know, or positive peeps only, or what did I say? Play the long game. Hey, tell me about a time that you had to make a decision that was really painful in the mm -hmm. short term. You know, but it was ultimately the right thing to do. And I'm just looking for people that have a clue. Yeah. You know, I, and I learned this. Uh, partially from one of my old business partners and one of my companies a long time ago, a painting company that we had, he used to ask people, uh, he, he ran our crews and interviewed guys mostly his, and, and the experience was huge to us. He would ask them, he'd go, Jim, what makes a good paint job? And uh. he'd shut up. If the guy went technical right away. Well, let me answer it. How the customer feels when we're done. Yeah. That's what makes yeah. a good what paint job. What we were looking for what we were looking for was um, things other than the technical part yeah, of the craft. Right, like, right, hey, right, the customer right. felt good about having us in their home. They, you know, we we didn't leave a mess. We communicated yeah. well. If they gave us anything in that realm, then they would move on to the next interview. But if yes. they if they were clueless, um, then they just didn't know. And so, yeah. so I think it's important to, um, you know, have your That's own a... values that. You know, and don't fall into this trap, you guys. I need guys. I need guys. I need guys out in the field. Don't just take anybody. I listen. I had no, a right. day I called. Uh, I don't think I put it in the book. I had, I think I called it Black Monday, um, 
where I fired at the time I had 12 employees. I fired seven of them in 20 minutes on a job site. He, and it was a long story because this guy was this guy's ride. And this guy was married to this guy's sister or this guy, you know, so I fired uh, the first right. guy it turned into seven. Well, those seven <laughs> were the, were the, um, the most toxic ones we had in the company. Yeah. And when we got rid of them, I pulled the other five aside and I said, all right, y'all get 25% more money right now. And I said, now that the toxic toxicity's out of here, let's kick some ass. And they were fired up and our profits went up immediately awesome. when we got rid of yep. the wrong people. So don't yep. keep people that aren't the right people. Then I went and called my business partner at the time. I said, Hey, I got good news and bad news. He says, well, what's the good news? I said, well, the good news is I've taken back control of our company. He says, what's <laughs> yes. the bad news? I said, we only got five guys left. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and that's leadership guys. That's the fight. That's the contractor yep. fight It's making the right decision between your ears and in your heart at the same time in the moment it needs to be made. Yeah. And we've had countless guests on here, countless stories. And for those of you riding in your truck right now, listen to this. What is it that you need to do? to win that fight. What a killer story. No one cares how well you fade your paint or how you blend if you're an arrogant asshole. Yeah. And if you, if you leave the customer feeling like, yeah, I mean, I used to have technicians like their, their stuff would never leak. It was beautiful, but they just rub people wrong. And if they didn't fit your culture, fire fast, hire slow. Mm -hmm. And to Tom's point, you only have five great guys, qualify your work, move your margin up for the short time so you can take care of those five guys while then keeping the brand going. So I'm hearing, know your values first. If you don't get a pen and paper out, go sit by the river, turn on some, some Inya and start finding out what you're about. And if you don't like what you're about, you Maybe just drop Enya on them. You, you just gotta have, you know, just, you know, you just get oh, your zen that. sometimes. If you don't have a zen and you're too busy to do this, that's probably step one. So two, yeah. go ahead and steal my values from other shows or, or Tom's if you need somebody mm -hmm. else's values. And then number three, build your culture around those values, not just your culture for your employees. But what I'm hearing today is also the culture of how you present your product and services um, to your customers. So your customers can feel. And like I said, when I answered this question, it's all about how the customers feel about us when right. we're done. The best advertising is no advertising, everybody. In Big Club, a similar story. No one even knew about Big Clips for two years. Some people were like, where the heck is this thing? Because we didn't need to. You get some wins, somebody's saving a bunch of money, they're doing, they talk to each other. So you have to take care of, the, of business and business is relationships and business is tactical empathy. It's the ability to connect with feelings of your people, feelings with your customers. So what a great way to tie the the cobwebs together. And yeah. I'm really mad though, because I really was hoping I could learn how to actually fight contractors, like win in a fist fight, you know, like after the job goes south. So what a mind blowing experience. Uh, yeah. It's no, but listen, this is doable. You know, you're, yeah. you're not alone. If you're listening to this, you're struggling, you can't figure out the money part, can't find, figure out the people part, how to brand this and that. Um, you're, you're one conversation away with somebody. Maybe, maybe yeah. this episode or another episode helped you out. Maybe you're one book away from having an idea and, mm -hmm. you know, something that's going to help you. I, I will tell you probably one of the most important chapters in the book that we talk about is that, you know, it's called show me your friends, right? Who you yeah. become, who you hang out with. And yeah. so I just want those who are listening, you are not on an Island. There's nothing you are feeling or going through right now as a business owner, contractor, whatever that, myself or millions of other people haven't experienced or are experiencing right now. Um, and the good news is you're, 
there's somebody that's just a half a lap ahead of you that can help bring you along. And you know what, yeah. there's going to be somebody a half a lap behind you that you're going to help bring along. And I think that's one of those things I see. I'm, I've seen it change a lot in the last few years, but there was a period of time where like, I remember going into a paint store when I first started my business a thousand years ago. And there was this older guy, company owner, you know, I knew I'd seen him in the store and, um, and I had this certain project that I didn't know how to technically do the right way, right. Or the best, most efficient way. And we're waiting for our paint to be mixed up. And I said, Hey man, um, I know I've heard you did, did do a lot of work like this. Um, how do you approach this or blah, 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 whatever I asked him. And he just looked at me, he goes, figure it out on your own. And he walked away. <laughs> like that's, that was the era that I grew up right. with that of what right. I just this scarcity mindset. And yeah. I'm glad to say over the past several years, I've seen it shift. I think people yeah. are a lot more willing to help each other because listen, if I help you get better and you help somebody else and they help me get better, that whole, I, I was butchering mm. the say, saying rising tides, lifts all ships or whatever, lifts the hell all that boats. Is. Yep. You know, whatever it is okay? <laughs> like that's, you know, if, if I can add more value and make more money, now I've, I've benefited the industry as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's why we talk about all the time in the contract divide. Our mission is to bring respect and dignity back to the trades. And you're not yeah. going to do that on an island. And right. so I encourage you, whether it's the fight, whether it's some other program, whatever, get around winners, uh, people that yeah. are, you know, trying to better themselves as individuals and, uh, and investing in their businesses and their teams. And I promise you, you'll be better off for it. Real, real winners love to help. They love to help. And they want to pay it forward. And, and that's just something that's crucial. And then, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited about what this book's going to do. I appreciate the dedication to the industry, to um, contracting for all of us, um, subs to, up to GCs. And for the future, you know, I have two, two beautiful daughters. We have to create an industry where they can come in and do whatever they want to do. I, I want it to be an option where they're like, geez, I don't know, dad, should I be an astronaut or should I be a builder? It'd be great to like yeah. have that conversation be on equal footing. And so I really appreciate your work there, Tom. Um, the last little part of the, of the book that I think is important too, is that he does also hits a lot of things of how we, how we react and that the, the F-bomb was a really cool chapter. I want you to, to know, I thought that was really good. So I'm not going to give away too much. Um, my point I'm making is if you haven't already put it on your list, buy this book um, available immediately. In fact, I think the day after this episode drops. And so get on it, get the book going, um, because it's going to be a great way to change the most important thing right here. Yep. And to me right here, and there's a big distance between our head and our heart. The fight is all of it combined. And so, yep. um, Tom, I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate what you mean to those of us that look up to you that are like, how do we just be you by the time we're at the ripe old age of 52, you look great. Thank so, um, you really are inspiring. I just appreciate everything you do for our industry. And we're just so thankful to have you on uh, today in trades. I appreciate you having me. Thank you.